Welcome to eBible Fellowship's Sunday Bible Study. For broadcast times in your area of these studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now it's time to begin our Sunday study with your speaker, Chris McCann. Good afternoon and welcome to eBible Fellowship Sunday Afternoon Bible Study. Today we're continuing to look at the question, why October 7th, 2015, will likely be the end of the world. And this is study number two. Now, last time we were starting with the Bible's teaching that May 21, 2011 is and was Judgment Day. It was the beginning of a prolonged period of judgment. And we saw that there were certain Bible proofs as God opened up the biblical calendar of history to reveal these proofs that locked in that particular date. And just to quickly review, May 21, 2011, the year 2011 was the 13,000th and 23rd year from creation. It was also the 23rd year from the start of the Great Tribulation, 1988, until 2011 is a 23-year period. And May 21, 2011 was exactly 7,000 years from the flood to the equivalent day that the flood began as God brought the flood waters on the 17th day of the second month of Noah's 600th year. And 7,000 years later, on May 21, 2011, which had the underlying Hebrew calendar date of 217, he shut the door of heaven and began to pour out his wrath upon the people of the earth, the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. We also looked at the period of time from April 1st and 33 AD until May 21, 2011, and saw that it was 722,000 500 days, and this broke down to 5 times 5, 10 times 10, and 17 times 17, a doubling of each one of the numbers, and each number is very significant, pointing 5, pointing to the atoning work of Christ, 10 to its completeness, and 7, 17 to the fact that all the elect were uh, saved and, and heaven was secured for them. Well, now we did this, we basically uh, reviewed this information because it is important to understand that the Bible locked in that day as Judgment Day. Now, uh, of course, some people who previously understood that no longer do because when that day came, There was no physical manifestation of God's wrath. There was no earthquake. There was nothing outward, nothing visible to the physical eye that would indicate it was Judgment Day, and therefore they have concluded it was not Judgment Day, and and yet it's not a result of going back to the Bible and of checking all the previous information and carefully examining it 
and and checking it out to see what happened. It's basically um, a determination that people have made completely based upon the evidence of their physical eyes. We saw nothing. Therefore, obviously, they reason nothing happened. And yet, that is a big mistake. It, uh, it's a huge error to do that kind of reasoning with the Word of God. Uh, for instance, people could say the same thing about the judgment on the churches. We don't see any outward physical wrath of God on the churches. Look at our church. We've actually increased membership over the course of this 23-year period, you say, was judgment on, on all churches in the world. We have more members. They're nice families have entered into the church. The pastor has been preaching great as of late, and uh, we're, we're even going to expand and and build an addition to the church. So giving is up. What could be wrong? Just take a look around, and you won't see the the building structure torn down. You won't see blood flowing or dead bodies of the saints lying in in the aisles. You you don't see any of that, not in this church and not in any church in the world. Are you going to see that kind of destruction outwardly with your eyes and and churches have been fooled by this. They hear or they heard the information concerning judgment beginning at the house of God, that it is the time of the end of the church age. There is spiritual devastation in all congregations, and and yet they can't believe it. They won't accept it because it doesn't match up with the outward physical condition of their church. In many cases, the church could be doing very well outwardly. And, and that, um, led to many churches denying and dismissing and ignoring the information from the Bible. They reason with their senses. They reason with their understanding rather than reasoning in the Bible and looking only to God's Word to see what's the actual condition of the church. What's the actual spiritual situation in the churches of the world? And if they would have stayed in the Bible, they would have understood, oh, oh, wow, we are at the time of the end, and God does say judgment begins at the house of God, and and He he is describing the churches of the world as a, a wasteland and a desolation. And we must, therefore, get out of the church and, and disband. But they did not do that because they were not looking only to the Bible. And likewise, people have fallen into the, the same trap and made the same mistake. They are reasoning uh, based on outward evidence, but, uh, you know, the Bible's a spiritual book. And God has established in the Bible a pattern of bringing to pass a spiritual judgment. 
and again, the judgment on Adam and Eve in the garden was they died in their soul existence, a spiritual judgment. The judgment on Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane was, he it was a spiritual judgment. No one could see the wrath of God outwardly upon him. And the judgment upon the corporate church was a spiritual judgment. Well, as God's people did return to the Bible and continue to search, and and to investigate what happened. Why was there no outward sign or indicator like a great earthquake? We found, well, the Bible teaches and, and again establishes a pattern of spiritual judgments. And this very well could be, at first we started thinking that way, a spiritual judgment. Let's keep looking into the Bible and and see if there's more evidence and and what we saw was that the bible continued to insist that particular date may 21 2011 was the beginning of judgment day and it it did not budge it did not move it did not alter or change we we can't um move that to the left or move it to the right, it continues to target and point to that particular day. And and that's very helpful for us uh, as we continue to look into what the Bible is, is teaching in this time period that we're presently in. We can we can start there. And, and that's what we did. We started with that information May 21, 2011 began the judgment of the world. It was the final judgment of mankind and it began on that day. And yes, the Bible does permit that and allow for that because the Bible teaches that there is such a thing as a spiritual judgment. And in fact, some of the the greatest or the most major judgments in the Bible were spiritual in nature. And this follows that pattern and is in keeping with what God has done previously. Therefore, we now need to look to the Bible and ask the question, how long will the judgment day period be? Now there, first of all, the idea of a prolonged period of judgment. Is that biblical? You see, we didn't just, um, jump into this whole thing without asking these questions, checking the Bible for answers, and then once assured that yes, um, we can continue now because the Bible does teach spiritual judgments and and yes, we can continue because the Bible does teach a prolonged period of time can be identified as a single day, for instance. In Hebrews chapter 3, it says in verse 7, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. 
Now, uh, notice it said, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Not days, but, but singular, in the day of temptation. And, and then it says in the next verse, in verse 9, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. And here God is speaking of Israel's sojourning during their their time in the wilderness after coming out of Egypt. They wandered for 40 years because the spies had searched out the land for 40 days. And they came back and gave an evil report, all except Joshua and Caleb. And they were fearful and were discouraging the people from going up and taking the land. And so God said, very well, uh, as a result of this evil report, you will wander in the wilderness a year for each day you search the land. And and the judgment of God, that's a judgment. So we see the number 40 relates to judgment as well as testing. The judgment of God is that you will now wander 40 years in the wilderness. And during that 40-year period, the Lord kept them um, uh, in movement at time, and sometimes they rested, and in order that all that generation would die out because he swore in his wrath, the Bible says, which also goes to prove that 40-year period was a time of judgment. God swore in his wrath that none of them would enter into the promised land, and their carcasses did fall in the wilderness. And yet, it's said to be a day of temptation, but at the same time, it continued for 40 years. Now, the Bible is very clear. It it says there is a judgment day, a judgment day. And in many places, the day of the Lord's wrath. And, and so forth. And, and so it's gotten into the mindset of people that judgment day is a single day. It's just a single day. And they think Christ will come and, and that will end the world on that very day. And, and that's it. And, and that's one of the reasons why that they misunderstood May 21, 2011. Even back then, prior to May 21, um, God's people were not saying that day would end the world, but we had understood it would begin on that day, God would stop saving people on that day, and then we were teaching there would be five months of torment. And, and so even then we were teaching it would be a prolonged judgment day. And, and, uh, Mr. Camping taught this, Family Radio taught this, that the prolonged five months period was all judgment day. And again, it would be scripture like in Hebrews 3 that would permit that kind of understanding that God can speak of a period of time in the case of the wilderness sojourn, 40 years, and identify it as a day. And that's God's uh, good 
privilege. It, it's up to him to do things like that if he desires to do it. It's his word. And, and, and so we were thinking Judgment Day would be five months in duration. But we were wrong. And we were incorrect. October 21 in 2011 was not the conclusion of uh, that prolonged period of Judgment Day. We were wrong about the date because we took the five months reference in Revelation 9 literally rather than understanding it as all the other numbers in the book of Revelation in a figurative sense. And therefore, we were incorrect. Yet, we were not wrong in the idea that Judgment Day would be prolonged. A prolonged period of time. And and really, one of the big questions and, and the last question that we have concerning God's wrath and Judgment Day is how long will it continue? How long will Judgment Day B, this prolonged period of time, this spiritual judgment that began on on that date of May 21, 2011, when God shut the door of heaven and put out the light of the gospel, how long before it concludes? And so we looked at the Bible, and in with that thought in mind, and we, we came to Revelation chapter 14. Now, in Revelation 14, God is describing Judgment Day. There is no doubt about that. In verse 8, it says, And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Now, by saying that Babylon is fallen, is fallen, God is letting us know this is Judgment Day. It's the time immediately after the Tribulation. And how do we know that? Well, because in the Old Testament, God gave a type and a figure of the Great Tribulation. And the type and the figure was the Babylonian army under King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, coming against the people of Judah and destroying them and and taking many into captivity and, and destroying the temple. And King Nebuchadnezzar was a type of Satan and the Babylonian army, a type of the kingdom of Satan. And, Judah was a picture of the church. And therefore, it was a historical parable to portray God's judgment on the churches and congregations that would take place at the the time of the end during the Great Tribulation period. And God let it be known that his judgment upon Judah began In 609 B.C., when good King Josiah was slain in battle with the Egyptians, and and that ended the period of prosperity and blessing for Judah as uh, a series of 
wicked kings, evil kings, began to reign over Judah, and God's judgment was against them, beginning in 609 B.C., and it would continue for a long stretch of time until finally Darius, the king of the Medes and the Persians, would take the kingdom of Babylon and and the Bible indicates that date was 539 B.C. For 70 years, 70 years, and God does give us that time span, the, the people of Judah were uh, under the wrath of God, again, spiritually pointing to the judgment that would come upon the corporate church, who in the New Testament were the people of God, and and that judgment pictured the Great Tribulation period. And so the fall of Babylon took place historically at the end of the 70-year period, and and that would represent the end of the Great Tribulation, the end of God's period of judgment on the churches. And wherever we see this phrase in the Bible, and it's repeated a few times, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, we can know that God is pinpointing, he He is announcing it as the end of the Great Tribulation, it is the beginning of Judgment Day. This is similar or synonymous with the, the statement in Matthew 24, 29, immediately after the Tribulation of those days, and then, the Lord proceeds to describe the sun is dark and the moon is not giving her light and so forth. Babylon is fallen, is fallen, means the great tribulation is now over and it is the judgment of the world. And that's exactly what we find in the following verses here in Revelation 14. But what else do we know before we begin to Look further into Revelation 14. We know, uh, because God has granted us, he's opened up our understanding to reveal his biblical calendar, to reveal the timeline of history. He has revealed his program of times and seasons to his people. So we know when the church age ended, May 21, 1988. We know um, the duration for the judgment on the churches, 23 years until May 21, 2011. And and that 70-year period of Judah um, under the, the wrath of God uh, at the hands of the Babylonians, that 70 years typified the actual 23 years from May 2188 to May 21 2011 and and therefore Babylon's fall the end of the great tribulation identifies with May 21 2011 and we know uh, additionally from the Bible as the Bible confirms and continues to insist that was judgment day so as we read Revelation 14 we have that information from the Bible in mind that 
when it says Babylon has fallen, has fallen, that means it's speaking of that date that God had proclaimed to the world of May 21, 2011. And then it says in verse 10, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up for ever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. We're, we're um, very much on on target. This is language of judgment day. There's no mistaking it. And, and so we, we have understood Babylon has fallen, has fallen correctly. And, and here is the following language concerning judgment day. Now, God also says in verse 12, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus, which is uh, an incredibly mysterious verse. Until we understand that God um, planned to leave his people on the earth, of course, he knew he would, to to go through the judgment day period. And, and that's why, as he's describing, the cup of his wrath being poured out and, and the torment of the wicked ascending up for a, a day and night period, he also says here, here at that point in time, is the patience of the saints. Well, we, we don't want to go off uh, in that direction at this point, but we can see this verse as well as many others indicates God's people are living on the earth in the day of judgment. But in the context of judgment day, as it continues... In verse 14 of Revelation 14, it says, And I looked, and behold, a white cloud. And upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle and reap. For the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. And in in this passage from verses 14 through 20, 
God is speaking of the end of the world of judgment day in the, the, the form of a harvest. And uh, of course that's fitting because in one of Jesus's parables in Matthew chapter 13, in the parable of a harvest, it, it says in verse 39 of Matthew 13, The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. And so we're not surprised at all that uh, the Lord is describing Judgment Day in the form of a harvest. And he is sending in the sickle, and uh, the word thrust is actually... Uh, a word better translated is send. It identifies with Christ sending his messengers. And just as Christ sent the gospel into the world through the messengers, the body of believers who carried it, he is sending the sickle uh, through his people who will likewise carry the word of God into the world, announcing and publishing the judgment of God, and and this will serve in the reaping process. But, uh, again, we, we don't want to go verse by verse through all the interesting information God is teaching us here in Revelation 14. We started out by asking, or by the whole premise for this study, is why October 7th, 2015 is the likely end of the world, and 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 so as we have been looking into the bible with the question in mind how long will judgment day continue how long will it go on and we know from the bible it began on may 21 2011 this chapter in revelation 14 does speak of that Day, because it's speaking of Judgment Day. And that's when Judgment Day began. So we have the starting date already in place. But what will be the concluding time? When will it end? And and we we find the interesting statement in verse 20 concerning the winepress that Christ is trotting without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Now, that's sixteen hundred. Sixteen hundred furlongs. And we, first of all, wondered, now why would God bother to tell us that? What does that mean? And, and what's the significance of that? Uh, um, Christ is treading the wine press. We know that's a, a, a illustration that the Bible gives of the wrath of God. Uh, the, the unsaved are under the feet of the Almighty, and he is crushing the life blood out of them. And the Bible says that um, the life is in the blood. So if their blood is flowing out of the wine press and flowing forth for a space of 1600 days, we wonder, could that be saying, is it possible that God is indicating 
that the the life of the wicked, because the life is in the blood, will go on for a period of time, perhaps 1,600 days? Is, is that possible? Can we understand furlongs as days? Well, now we take that question to the Bible, like we've taken all the others, and we search the Bible to find out, can we uh, make that kind of spiritual substitution where God is speaking of a space of furlongs, can we understand it as days? And there are actually several verses that uh, would allow us and provide biblical justification for making that kind of substitution. For instance, in Psalm 39, it says in verse 4 and verse 5, Jehovah, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Now here God is is moving um, David to write that he might know his end, and the measure of his days, and then his days are tied to a handbreadth, which is a measurement. And, and, and so God is relating time, days to measurement. And, uh, we could go on in that area, but we're not going to at this time. Uh, there are other scriptures that, that follow along that same kind of idea. You know, this is the Bible, and God, Christ, spoke in parables, and without a parable, he did not speak. And it it would be in keeping for God to give an actual, or what ought to be understood as uh, spiritually a time duration, in the form of a measurement, that, according to Psalm 39, is biblical. And so by the space of 1,600 furlongs, very well could be the days that lead to the end. As as King David uh, requested, make me to know mine end and and the measure of my days. It, it very well could tie into that, or at least it allows for... That kind of understanding. Now in Genesis chapter 40, in Genesis 40, Joseph is in prison with the butler and the baker as well as others. But the butler and the baker have a dream. And Joseph has the gift from God of interpreting dreams. And, and, and so he, uh, asked them to tell him their dream. And in verse 9 of Genesis 40, it says, And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph, and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me, and the vine were three branches, and it was as though it budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup. Now, 
this isn't speaking of a wine press, but that's exactly what a wine press does. It crushes grapes. And, and so it, it basically is, um, a, a vivid, uh, dream that, that is picturing a form of a wine press. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place. And thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. And notice Joseph hears the, the butler's dream. He dreams of three branches and of the, the grapes and crushing them, pressing them and, and pouring out the wine into Pharaoh's cup and serving Pharaoh. And Joseph interprets the dream. And remember what Joseph later says to Pharaoh, the interpretations belong to God. So this is from God. God is interpreting the butler's dream. And the interpretation of three branches is that it represents three days. Three branches represents three days. Now, how how does three branches represent three days? Where is that kind of connection made? Branches have nothing to do with time. And, and so three branches ought not to have anything to do with time. Yet this is the Bible. This is how God wrote the Bible. Christ is called a vine in the New Testament. Is he a vine? No, he's not a vine. He's called the Lamb of God. Is he a lamb? No, he's not a lamb. And and we can go on for quite a while listing the things that God uses to assign meaning to other things. That that's types and figures. He uses people to represent other people, like David is a type of Christ, or King Nebuchadnezzar is a type and figure of Satan. Is King Nebuchadnezzar Satan? No, he's just a man. But that is how God wrote the Bible. Things represent, or people or places represent other things. Judah represents the church, and Egypt can typify the church or the world, and so on. And and God's people become quite familiar with the way, it's the manner in which God wrote the Bible. So it, it is baffling, really, when, when people say you can't understand Furlongs' days. And, and I wonder, well... Are they reading the same Bible? Don't they understand this is fully in keeping with how God has written the Bible? As a matter of fact, if God had said 1,600 days rather than 1,600 furlongs, well, uh, it, it would be a time reference in the book of Revelation. And in the book of Revelation, every other... um Time reference is figurative. 
The three and a half days is not literal. The, um, the thousand years Satan is bound in Revelation 20 is not literal. The 1260 days the woman flees into the wilderness is not literal. The five months of Revelation chapter 9 is not literal. And that was our mistake. We took a figurative number from the book of Revelation and tried to make it literal. If God did say directly, plainly, 1,600 days, the blood would flow, or in other words, the unsaved would be under his wrath, under his foot, for 1,600 days, having their life crushed out from under them, well then, uh, we we would have to think, well, this can't be literal. And it, it must be uh, representative of some other period of time. That, that, uh, remember the three and a half days, the two witnesses were lying dead in the street. In Revelation 11, we understand to represent the the actual 2300 days of the first part of the Great Tribulation period. So time references... Uh, have um, relationship to actual time periods, but they in themselves are not the actual times. And, and and therefore, how can God tell us an actual time in the book of Revelation if he gives us an actual time, a, a day or hour or a month or a year or whatever, then uh, if he tells us exactly the time, we're going to think, well, that that's not, um, actual, it's figurative. And, and therefore, what's the solution? I will speak in a parable. I will tell them the time duration in all likelihood for judgment day, because this chapter is dealing with judgment, judgment day, which began on May 21, 2011, which we know and and therefore it will be completed 1600 days later 1600 days all right so we we take the number from the bible revelation 14 in the context of judgment day and this is the mistake that numerous people have been making they they're throwing together all kinds of numbers they're they're um just reaching into the bible wherever they see a number and attaching it to May 21, 2011, uh, which they have at least that part correct. Yes, uh, they have that idea right. There is to be uh, a prolonged period of judgment. And the question is how long? So yes, we go to the Bible to find a solution, but we don't just reach into any uh, area of the Bible and grab any number out of the Bible and attach it. And, and then attach extensions to that and extension after extension that that's just confusion and, and it's completely erroneous doctrine as time pass or a doctrine like anything else. God has to first, uh, identify the day as judgment day. And, and this is the mistake people make by taking 1260 days and, and out of Revelation 12 or, or other places and trying to just throw it into the mix. Well, Revelation 12 is not speaking of judgment day. The 1260 days identifies with the church age has nothing to do 
with the time after the tribulation known as Judgment Day. And, and so there's not even the slightest possibility that would take place. And so we're governed by the Bible and the Bible establishing the context where the number is found. And in the book of Revelation, there's only one number, only one number that, that can be, um, put into the proper place of Judgment Day, beginning on May 21, 2011, and that's this particular number of 1,600 days. And the next test to discover if, if this is correct, if we're on the right track, is, uh, all right, we, we have a number 1,600. Does it fit? Does it fit? Is there any harmony? Does it fit into the biblical calendar of history? Does it match up in any way with other information we know? And the answer is yes. Very definitely, this number fits. First of all, we we have already learned the Great Tribulation was 23 exact years. May 21, 1988 through May 21, 2011. And, and that time uh, period is 8,400 days. Well, here God gives us a number. And, and it's God giving this number, 1,600. But we didn't come up with it. It's in the context of Judgment Day. And, and we take the number God has given us, 1,600. And we look at 8400, which was the, the period of judgment uh, on the house of God. And how does God describe that period of judgment? Judgment begins at the house of God. And the, the wording implies there will be a completion. That That's uh, the first stage of judgment. There must be a completion to it, and that's exactly what we were looking for. Uh, the The day of transition was May 21, 2011, where God would would expand the judgment from previously being exclusively on the churches and congregations of the world for 8,400 days to now include all unsaved inhabitants of the earth. Judgment day of all mankind. And, and so it was a day of transition and we were looking for the completion of the judgment process which had begun on the churches. And, and therefore, what number does the Bible give that points to completion? Well, the numbers in the Bible, which are words, have spiritual meaning. The number three, as we study the Bible, points to God's purpose. The number four points to universality or the furthest extent of whatever is in view. The number 40 points to testing and and also judgment. The number 23 identifies with the great tribulation and God's judgment and, and so on. Numbers have meaning. And the number that identifies with completeness is the number 10. 
For instance, let's let's go to Luke 15. In Luke 15, it says in verse 3, And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he finds it, what does he have again? He has a hundred sheep. Now he has all the sheep, doesn't he? All of his sheep, the complete number of sheep. And in the same um, passage here, there uh, Christ gives another parable in verse 8. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, does not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she has found it, she calls her, calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. She had ten, she lost one, and she, again, a diligent search, just as the man with his sheep, and then she finds it and rejoices. She has ten again. She has all of her money, the, the complete amount of uh, coins and and all of her money now is safe and and secure and this points to God's elect God um, actually uses the the number um, 10 at, and in the Bible we just saw an example of it in these two places in Luke 15 um, the number 10 as there were 10 coins or Hundred, as there were a hundred sheep, the the multiples of ten does not change the meaning, and and so uh, Matthew twenty five speaks of ten virgins, all right, and 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 so the number ten or one hundred or thousand, Satan is bound for a thousand years, it, it, it's multiples of ten. Christ comes with ten thousands of his saints, multiples of ten. And it points to completeness of whatever is in view. It's very consistent. In Psalm 50, verse 10, it's said that God owns the cattle upon a thousand hills. And it can be seen readily what that means when we try to limit it to the literal thousand hills. Does God own the cattle only upon a thousand hills? Of course not. He, he is God. Well, how much cattle does God own? God owns all the cattle upon all the hills. And, and you see the complete nature of God's ownership of cattle and even the hills. God owns these things that like the, the man had a hundred sheep. They were his. Or the woman had ten coins. It's the completeness of whatever is in view. And and we've been searching. We've been looking into the Bible. How long will Judgment Day be? We know it began on that date. But how long will it be? And what's really the question? What's what's the actual question we're, we're looking to answer? How long before God completes his judgment on the world? How long 
a period of time until God is finished pouring out his wrath and, and all of his wrath has been poured out and the complete total or, or the, the complete sum of his fury has been dispensed and, and he has administered his wrath upon the unsaved people of the world. How long will it be? How long, O Lord, as the saints under the altar cried in Revelation 6, that that's still what the people of God were looking for after May 21, 2011. How long will it be until you complete the day of judgment? And the answer lies in the number 1600. Because if you take 8,400 days, uh, the period of judgment on the church, the period of judgment's beginning, and you take 1,600 days, the number God gives us in the context of judgment day, and you put them together, what do we get? 8,400 plus 1,600 days equals 10,000 days. 10,000 days. Now think, think about that number. Multiples of 10. And this is 10 to the fourth power. 10 times 10 times 10 times 10 equals 10,000 days of judgment. Isn't that amazing that judgment began May 21, 1988? That's a long time ago now as we look at things from our perspective. It's a very long time ago, especially with all the changes that have taken place in the world. And day after day has followed. The The Great Tribulation was a, a, a trying time. It, it was a s- severe time of testing in its own right. And, uh, of course, the, the end of the church age doctrine was traumatic for many people. It, it has been a long, uh, sometimes slow, again, from our perspective, journey from the beginning of Judgment Day over the course of those 23 years of Great Tribulation, that 8,400 days, and and then afterwards, as the Bible says in Mark 13, verse 24, in those days after that tribulation, well, we have gotten uh, first-hand knowledge of, of that time period, we have continued to move along in God's judgment program day after day, day after day, and where are we going to? How long until this is complete? Well, isn't the answer obvious? And and that's why this is one of the reasons why there's more that we say there's a strong likelihood that our journey, our march onward throughout this period of, of judgment, the Great Tribulation, the judgment on the church, and now the judgment on the world, will continue on for um, 10,000 days. And and the journey will be completed is a, a very logical thought, a, a biblical of biblical logic, 
that the journey will be completed on the ten thousandth day, which would be October seventh, twenty fifteen. We're just a couple hundred days or so away from that date that we would expect looking at the Bible and its use of the number 10 or 100 or 1,000 or 10,000, we would expect that would be the day, uh, an excellent day for God to complete the pouring out of his wrath. And and so we, again, we have the Bible lock in May 21, 2011. We have the context of Judgment Day established in this chapter and therefore our beginning point is May 21, 2011. Then we have God give us a number that can be understood, rightly understood, and as days, 1,600 furlongs, to represent 1,600 days. And we start to search in the Bible to see if it will fit. And not only does it fit in, in our first, in this first area where there's more to search not only does it fit but it fits about as well as any number could fit just think of it can you think of a better number is there is there a, a number that would be more suitable that would be more fitting and more exact than 10,000 days for judgment isn't that the perfect number the the exact number that we would expect for a day to complete the wrath of God. And think of all the possibilities of other numbers it could have worked out to be. You know, here we are. We're, we're not pulling days out of a hat. Uh, God locked in May 21, 2011, and that's our starting point. For this to be foolish or ridiculous or or way off base, all it would have to turn out to be is 1600 days just fall, um, uh, or, or first of all, not, uh, make a nice even sum total of 10,000 with the time of the Great Tribulation. Uh, what if it were, uh, 1650? That would mean nothing. What if it were 1500? Again, it, it would not, it, it would not mean anything. Any other number than 1,600 would not fit so perfectly with 8,400 to form 10,000 days. And more than that, we're going to see, Lord willing, in our next study, how this number and, and only this number ties in with other biblical information that points to the end of the world. It points to the completion of harvest and and tabernacles and so forth. There, uh, really, this is an amazing number. Uh, it, it's just uh, incredible that people are so dismissive of it when they have not bothered to look into the Bible and see how this one number of sixteen hundred relates and fits so well in God's biblical calendar. Thanks for joining us for E-Bible Fellowship Sunday Bible Study. 
For more information or to hear additional Bible studies, be sure to visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com.